0: podcast one production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringoudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to the Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Hi, Nat.
1: Hello, Cecilia.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Wellness Collective.
1: We are here today. 2020
0: is shaping up to be a bit different, isn't it?
1: Well, here's the thing. If you're talking about in terms of the topics that we're covering, mm. is that where we're going in yes, this conversation yes. yet? Um, I think that we are looking always at different ways and different parts of information that we can share to just make everybody more aware, have more, like you say, more tools in your toolkit. Also, if any of our listeners have anything that they would think that would be interesting for us to cover. We would love that too. Absolutely. That's
0: right. We can't think of everything. No.
1: We are trying to think a little bit bigger than what we've done. We've Mm. done a lot around health and I guess they're always going to be around that wellbeing type of... But but yeah, we've really uh, tried to come up with some different
0: things of late. And today definitely is one that we haven't uh, crossed before. Today we're going to talk about domestic violence. Now... Doesn't seem like a very uplifting topic, but a really important one for women right across Australia, I think. Right. And
1: from how, all walks of how life. How did we d-
0: come up We were talking about it and I don't know how it came up. I don't remember. Well, I think unless you have your head under a rock, you probably have been aware of the amount of times there have been stories in the news over the last 12 months of women who have suffered violence at the hand of their partners. And yes. and of course that came to ahead earlier this year with the death of Hannah Clark and her children in Brisbane and it was it's funny how things happen and they just shake the foundation of society that you live in like other things happen and they just wash over depends on what else is happening in the news perhaps or what that person looked like or they didn't resonate enough with the audience at the time or maybe there was a big footy match whatever sometimes things don't really cut through but that incident really shook people, I think. And so today, we're going to talk to somebody who works with women who have suffered domestic violence to give us a little bit of an insight of what that whole world is like, uh, what domestic violence actually is. I think it's very easy to kind of paint a picture of what it is, but maybe it's broader than what we think. And to cover off some of our kind of questions and um, issues around it. Mm -hmm.
2: Hello, my name is Tanya Smith and I am the manager, a shelter manager here at Parramatta Women's Shelter. Getting back to the basics about domestic mm. violence.
0: Now, I saw a statistic that in 2015, Australian police were dealing with a domestic violence matter every two minutes. Yeah. It's just horrifying when you actually look at it like that. I mean, and maybe it's because the definition of domestic violence is broader, as I said in the beginning.
2: Mm. Can you talk us through what you believe? domestic violence actually is? Sure. Look, it is a, a spectrum of behaviours and there's a range of coercive behaviours as well as the obvious, more obvious physical verbal um, abuse that goes um, along with domestic violence. Um, but it can really happen, it can really start out being quite insidious and and I'll, I'll talk in gendered language because most People who experience domestic violence are women, and most of the time that is perpetrated upon them by by a male. Not to say that um, men can't be victims of domestic violence, um, and yes, they they are. Um, most of the time, however, that's in a context of maybe family violence um, or the violence being perpetrated by another man as well. But there's a range of behaviours that are really often difficult to identify, like what is this happening to me? Um, Is what's happening to me really domestic violence? When you have really sort of subversive behaviours like emotional abuse, financial abuse, sometimes spiritual abuse um, where people can experience not being able to attend their churches, um, or you know I'm um, being forced into adopting someone else's religion as well. Mm-hmm. So the coercive kind of patterns can be around as simple as sort of really checking your receipts if you go shopping, controlling what you what you buy, controlling the things, you know, even the food that goes into the home or the, the children's mouths as such, um, it can be really, really as controlling as that. And then that's difficult to identify as domestic violence because we have violence um, in the word domestic violence and so people often associate that with with physical assaults, um, verbal abuse, those sorts of things. And always- the emotional and psychological abuse can be really difficult to identify too, you know, when your self-esteem is being undermined um, your self worth is being whittled away. You know, I guess gaslighting is a term that's often thrown mm. around now, and it is quite common.
0: Well, gaslighting is about trying to uh, make people feel like they're losing their mind, and it's very that's, that's right. a manipulation, so, isn't it?
2: Yeah, manipulation, denying what they've said or what they've done. There's often uh, tactics where women are kept awake at night, so it's um, it can be sort of like. Um, they feel like they've got a terrorist in their own home, um, where the lights are being kept on, they're not allowed to sleep. Those sorts of things we're finding quite common coming through now as well. And I guess in terms of technological abuse, which is becoming really, really problematic, where there's spyware put on women's phones, and they're trapped by a number of different um, software that could be on your iPad, GPS in the car, for instance. There's a whole range of ways that perpetrators can now stalk and follow and terrorise their victim.
1: Interesting. I've never thought about, like you said, someone not allowing someone to sleep and Mm. just, I don't know, very odd types of behaviour that I guess we're really fortunate that we don't know
0: about. A lot of it comes down to control, doesn't it?
1: So I guess the
0: big question is why do you think we have this problem? Why have we got... A culture of a lot of men that feel that they have to be controlling of their partner.
2: Well, look, I think gender um, inequality is 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 really the, the main the main cause here, um, where toxic masculinity has become problematic for men. Men are brought up as boys, not to be able to show their emotions. Um, they feel that they have to behave in um, a really strict gendered type of role where they're the breadwinner um, and you know the the woman does what she's told and and um, and he basically is is um, the boss at home. so I think those sorts of really entrenched attitudes that men have about women um, that they're really not equal um, lead to a spectrum of, you know, domestic violence sits on a spectrum. It starts with sexist jokes um, and then ends with we have one woman a week on average dying in Australia. It really crosses a lot of different behaviours and um, often quite hard to acknowledge that that's what you're experiencing. So Tanya, can you tell us a little bit more about your job? Sure. So I currently have quite a small team here at Parramatta Women's Shelter. We're a newly opened service, only opened our doors um, on Christmas uh, Eve of last year. We have three case managers and myself as the shelter manager, currently supporting 23 women and children in crisis accommodation properties and in transitional accommodation properties in the
1: Parramatta area. How do these women come to you and then what's the process of what happens after that?
2: Yeah, sure. So we will get referrals through um, a number of different areas. There's a generalist uh, New South Wales line called Link to Home. There are other areas such as police or other support services, possibly hospitals, who will give us a call and say that they have a family and we only support women and children, who require safe emergency accommodation. We then do an assessment um, because from time to time we might have one area that is available um, and have two or three assessments on the go, um, which is really, really tough on the staff. We have to Prioritise um, what family is in higher need. And that can be really, really difficult to try and pick which person actually ends up getting the the safe accommodation with our service. And then there's a process um, where we do a thorough needs um, assessment and work really, really closely with mum and the kids to identify safety issues current needs around there might be some immigration issues or family court going through the system, ABOs or charges going through. So we do a complete a thorough assessment. Um, obviously safe, so, uh, affordable, secure housing. Moving on from crisis is is one of the main goals yep. that we that we work towards pretty immediately. So good that there are services out there.
0: It's um, such a difficult thing too. I I watched the Q&A on the ABC had a special on domestic violence on it and it was interesting to watch the questions and the answers, obviously, because I still find there's this, this difficulty in the whole Me Too movement and the, I don't know, persecution of the male in this conversation mm. where I think a lot of men feel really attacked by it when they're not the ones that it's about, like that conversation of it's not all men is a really difficult space that we're in at the moment. Yeah. And I don't know what the way through that is.
2: Yeah, I think it's really, really, I think education and looking at it from the whole of community response is the key and really having those men who are allies um, to us in the feminist sort of sphere, they can acknowledge that it's not about them personally. And I think that's where it really comes down to is saying, "Okay, I I may not be this person. I'm not doing these sorts of things. However, I can see that the male gender is problematic. So I want to, you know, talk to my mates at the pub about, you know, how it's not appropriate to to have sexist jokes or say derogatory things about women. And I'm okay to do that. And it's not a personal attack on me. Mm. This is a, this is a bigger thing than than me."
1: that um, one of the outcomes of the bushfires just recently here in Australia mm-hmm. was expected to, to spike domestic violence cases. And I was really perplexed and taken back by that because I don't understand why. I'm hoping that maybe you can help us understand a little bit more about that.
2: I guess when there are pressures such as financial pressures or increased use of alcohol um, drugs, those sorts of things, um, which can follow on from um, such a such a huge tragedy, that they tend to lower men's inhibitions um, and their sort of locus of control. Then that they may be able to keep under wraps at other times, uh, kind of goes out the window. So these incidences have been seen to to escalate around those periods of time, um, such as around you know. Grand finals, um, big football matches, those sorts of things, as well. Especially in rural areas, which the fires, have, you know, have hit pretty hardly. The services are not available for women and children out there. You know, we have uh, there's, there's more funding, I guess, directed into the bigger cities. So that can add an extra layer of complexity when women are, are trying to seek help and try and leave a violent relationship or just get some support around what's happening for them.
1: Mm, I guess, yeah, anything that's uh, heightened.
2: Yeah, emotional, emotional arrangement. Yeah. There.
1: So, if you suspect that someone you know is subject to domestic violence, what are the best steps to take to help them?
2: Yeah, I guess. Look, believing what they're telling you. What happens if they're not telling you? Because know, I imagine that mm, that
1: happens too. Yeah. Um, where you can you've see got to try it, try and work they it out. Can't. Yeah. I, and actually, yeah. this is something that's recently that I've actually experienced, mm. and it's been such a um, you, you kind of start to watch things in a different way. That you probably did before yeah, and then you've got yeah. to work out what is real and what isn't and what are you, search- like, are you searching? Yeah. Are you making this up? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So how do <laughs> you know? What are
2: yeah. the signs? What do we look out for? It's really, really tricky um, when you see someone or you suspect someone that you love and will know is, is experiencing abuse or violence in their relationship. So I guess staying close and just offering them as much support as possible. Maybe speaking to a helpline yourself. Women can ring either 1-800-RESPECT or anyone can ring 1-800-RESPECT and get some information about um, how to support that person. In New South Wales, we have the Women's Domestic Violence Court Advocacy Service that has a -A 1-800-WDVCAS line. You can ring and speak to someone and say, hey, I suspect this is happening for my friend or for my sister This is what's going on. They can talk you through what you're experiencing and where to go for support in your local area.
1: We've had my dad on the show before. Mm. My dad's a child protection officer and I did ring Mm. him and ask for some advice because I was like, this is out of my depth. One thing that um, uh, he did say that I thought was, you know, quite... I found useful was that I got to be, without her knowing, a support for her. And so also, yes, you know, if you ever suspect that there's something um, going on, you need to be really mindful of how that can affect your relationship because you don't want to upset that either. You want to be there for them. So really, um, I guess look, if someone is in danger, you're going to want to do something. But at the same time, Mm. he said to me, you you need to just, you know, don't be too reactive and and be, be able to just be the support without mm. them and even knowing that you're the yeah. support, just yeah. that you're aware. You don't need to have that conversation
0: necessarily I at that point. Not. I think also too making it clear that you're not judging anything yes. is the best Absolutely. way to support mm. because your judgment of a situation. Right. And because you might be their
1: only person.
0: Well, you know? even you judging know. The, the perpetrator yeah. to, to yeah. the person yeah. who you feel is the victim is a bad idea because if they feel like they can't confide in you... Mm. Um, without that judgment, I, I think you're not in a great Yeah, place. look,
2: it is really, really tricky, but just staying there and hanging in there because it can, you know, can, there can be all sorts of complexities around those issues, as you said, with the perpetrator, um, you know, how the nature of domestic violence relationships are, you know, Women will too will come into them and and leave, come back sometimes. Mm. Um, So it's really important that you stay with them with no judgment and support them as best as you possibly could, yeah. Mm. I really think that there's a lot of work to
0: be done on making it safe for men to deal with their emotions. I think what you're saying, Tanya, about we've got this culture where men don't feel like they can express themselves without being called a sissy or whatever, And maybe it's a generational thing. I think it's shifting a little bit with our millennials and so on, which is good. But it would be so good to be able to create more space for men to acknowledge their emotions or be able to put their emotions in different categories and then verbalize Mm. it rather than everything just getting caught up in one kind of emotion, which ends up in a bad place.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's such a huge conversation and such a a huge um, shift in our entrenched attitudes that you know, underpin is essentially what is um, violence against women worldwide. So it's really important that it starts off. You know that young boys are really supported to be themselves and to be able to to cry and be able to talk about their emotions and and that we try and treat our our children across the board as equals. Mm, yeah, from the day dot. Yeah,
0: I um, had an experience at the SCG actually. Last year I went to see Collingwood in Sydney. It was very exciting. We broke for Collingwood, came up to Sydney for the game and the game was fantastic. The event was ruined by the fact that there was a group of young men that were probably in their Mm -hmm. early 30s that came to the footy. There was, I think there was about four or five of them and their main goal was to be as loud and obnoxious and rude to as many people as possible. And anybody that stood up to them and said, mate, there's kids here, your behaviour is inappropriate... Mm. They just attacked every single one of them. And it was exactly like when I was talking to my husband the other night through the QA stuff, I said, Those are the guys. They're the ones. They felt entitled to come into a public yeah. space and throw their weight around. And their girlfriends were sitting there and they were horrified. One of them got thrown out by the police, and the girlfriend just sat there by herself on her phone.
2: can imagine like, how, how that's going on at home. You know? I know, um, but it and was. It's terrifying for people to to experience that it really is you know you see you know, I guess as well now people everyone's got phones and um, they have cameras on them you know just recently um, what's been happening with the private schools um, down in Victoria um, you know as I said before this this whole um, culture of toxic masculinity is really problematic for the whole of society mm, definitely
0: Yes. Well, okay. Well, I, I'm glad we got to have a chat about it today. Before we let you go, how difficult is it for women to find accommodation like yours?
2: Yeah, look, that, um, it, it is in our area alone. Um, so in the Parramatta area, um, in the last, on average per year, 172 women and children are unable to access crisis accommodation yeah. just in our area alone. So We really, really do need um, increased funding for services. As I said before, a whole community approach. I could give you some figures from the Women's Domestic Violence Court Advocacy Service. Last year alone in 2019, there were 2,545 referrals that came through just through police to that local women's service um, for women uh, needing support, possibly AVOs or charges. So... It can be really, really difficult for women, especially those who don't identify that they're in an abusive relationship, to be able to find that support. I think press and, you know, shows like this are raising awareness, which is is fantastic. But, you know, we really do need a bit more of an approach in terms of getting out the information through schools, education programs, where to get help. You know, you can Google domestic violence um, in your local area. And things will come up that you can find that, you know, as we discussed before, the 1-800-RESPECT number is fantastic. There are qualified counsellors there 24-7 that can talk to you and put you in touch with your local servers. And hopefully, you know, um, you can reach some support.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Tanya. As you say, I think the more we can just kind of open the conversation and remove the sort of shame around it or the confusion or the hopelessness of not knowing where to begin yeah. if you find yourself in a situation like that is the best we can sort of do with our voices. So, thank you for being part of that. So, 1-800-RESPECT. Now, you've got also got another resource you wanted to share with us before you go. What was that one?
2: Yes, it's called the Charmed and Dangerous uh, booklet and it's available free of charge on the Legal Aid New South Wales website. Um, has some incredible information in there. And also I think, you know, from a a woman's perspective who is going through these these really, really tough times, this resource has been their first kind of light bulb moment. Wow, that's happening to me.
1: Mm. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. We can't wait to share this episode with our audience. I think domestic violence is something that, um, you know, it's difficult, but we really want, to it's start, there. To, it's there. It's reality, and we really want to start to just help tr- create awareness and and talk about it more. Okay,
2: thanks Thank so you. much
1: for having Thank me. Thank you, <music> Cecilia. You know something that obviously we were keen to cover. I think mm. that there's there's so much depth to it, and.
0: Well, I think it's really interesting when you look at stuff like the financial abuse, spiritual abuse, mm. you know, things that you might just go, oh, well, that's okay well, I he doesn't want me to do this and that. And you can look back maybe on... Relationships you've been in in the past and and things that might have been more controlling than they needed to be. Yes, you yes,
1: know? totally. I think um, I was fascinated when she said the leaving the lights on and not allowing your partner to mm. sleep. Like I'm like people do that, but also I guess we've got to also look at why. I always go, but why does someone feel mm. the need to do that? Mm. You know? Yeah. Yes, it's not. It's not okay. But why are they doing it? Also, yeah, that's the big mm, question. I know it
0: really is. Right. If this has resonated with you, and you do need some support, so that number again is one eight hundred respect, and we will put a link to the Charmed and Dangerous PDF booklet that you can um, access if you want to have a read through and and uh, reach out for some help yes. and keep an eye on your yes. sisters. That's Absolutely. What I say. If you suspect that somebody is
1: you know, a victim to domestic violence, then like we said, just stay close, stay Mm. nearby. It's difficult, but I think, you know, I, I would always see it as such a privilege to be able to support somebody wherever you can offer to have a cup of tea. Yes, That's what do I that. Said. Definitely.
0: Until next time. Um, before we do go, we do love a rating. Absolutely. And a share. And this one's especially good for sharing yes. because maybe we need not, to get
1: the word out. Just don't share it publicly. Just maybe a DM. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yep, yep. well, because we can get, you know, excited. And then I find that a lot in my in my <laughs> things that I share. People tag people and I'm like, ooh, I don't know that they want to be tagged in about their infertility or, you know. <laughs> I don't know if they want to know about mushrooms. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, we, yes, we would love for you to share it. And, of course, please leave us a review. Please do. We're know, excited
0: about those. It really is a great way for us to get our message out further and we really appreciate your help in making that happen. So awesome. until next time, we are the Wellness Collective. We are the Wellness Collective <laughs> and we look forward to gracing your ears next time.
2: <laughs>